there wasn't like a an end goal like if there wasn't a i want to be where i'm at now when i started making videos mm-hmm. it was just i like making content and I, I had a girlfriend at the time and she would always ask me she's like like what's the point of what you're doing like not like uh in a negative way but she's like like what is your goal like what's why are you doing all this and i just said i i i remember very specifically i was like i don't know what the end goal is, but I think that this is the path how I get there. And and I I didn't have an answer for myself. So there wasn't like a clear cut path. And welcome to the One Shot Podcast. We are here with Max tuning and i'm gonna give a formal intro here in a second but uh max what's going on man glad to have you on the podcast yeah absolutely glad to be here guys so max is an interesting story mm-hmm. and we're obviously going to dive in into that story uh but the re- reason we reached out to max is you know the idea with this new name of, of one shot is is talking to interesting people talking to people who are taking advantage full advantage mm-hmm of this one opportunity at life that we all have. And I can't think of a better example of that than Max. Max is somebody who in 2011 decided to stick a camera in his face and it's led him through the years into some amazing things that he's done. It's led him to eventually start a couple of businesses as well. Uh, one yep. of them is Sour Strips Candy, which we're munching on right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is but delicious, by the way. You're knocking all the entire <laughs> damn bag back. Save some for your boy. Yeah. One does not simply have one piece. No, <laughs> you can't. It's one bag at a time. Is, is, it has is the, the resealable package, but the, the, that, was, that was for the small percentage of who don't just destroy a yeah. bag in one Yeah, side. I don't even. I, don't, I just cut off. I just cut off the very top. So I don't even need the reseal. So, uh, and then the other brand is a fashion line ever, ever forward, uh, yes. which is which is a great brand as well. So, definitely going to dig into all that. Um, you're proving, especially in in this day and age, that there's just so many different yeah. ways to go about this thing. There is no box anymore. It, it, you can pursue so many different paths. And I'm Man, super that excited. Is so true. That is so true. Yeah. What you just said right there, because. In the past, and I'm the old man in, 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 mm-hmm. within this conversation right now. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting up there, man. Yeah, but we've always come up a certain way. You got to work hard. You got to grind. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, wake up early in the morning and blah, blah, blah. Look, man, everyone has their own journey and has their own way of going about things. It's, it's all about maximizing mm-hmm. that time and, and mm-hmm. whatever passion you have. And, Max, that's why we want to get into this story, man. So we actually want to go back. And, okay. and talk about your childhood, where you grew up, brothers, sisters, mom and dad. What was uh, the household like when you were growing up? So I actually come from, I, I've been, I lived in Virginia all my life up until about three years ago, I moved here to right outside of Houston, Texas. And I started in Southern Virginia, call it, a little town called Roanoke. Um, yeah. And it, it was, I, I, I refer it to as like the boonies, like the redneck type of area. Um, it, it's just a very small town. We lived in the middle of like hundreds of acres of land. And, you know, my days were spent running through the woods with my brother and my dogs and just playing outside in the, the river, the trees, building for it was like truly outside. We, we didn't even have cable television at our house we had to go to our grandma's house we wanted to watch like the satellite dish right um so yeah i grew up with my dad and my stepmom for most of my childhood and then progressively as i got older i kind of just kept moving more north in virginia so i went to live with my mom 
when I was about 10 years old and she was up in Richmond, Virginia or outside of Richmond, where that's where I kind of uh, stayed for a long period of time. Um, yeah. So I have, I have a brother, I have a sister. I'm the youngest child. I'm 32. Mm -hmm. I have a a little bit older sister is 34. My brother is 36. Um, actually, everyone's kind of now in their entrepreneurial kind mm -hmm. of journey, to, uh, you know, figuring out what they want to do, um, you know, kind of trying to make their own way, which is, is, is super cool to have a family filled with people. Um, my dad was a he, he he was a, he was in the military for a long, long time. Actually, like every every man in my family. Mm -hmm on my dad's side was in the military and I was the person that stopped that. <laughs> my brother's in the military, my dad, my granddad, my, my great granddad. And it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when he got out of the military, then he started opening like a coffee, coffee houses and he even owned like a little steakhouse and started in real estate and got very in kind of the entrepreneurial mindset, which I think is where a lot of my motivation comes thinking back to that. Um, he later passed away in 2005 mm. from ALS, mm. which was a, a terrible mm. time to go through. And when I was younger, I didn't really kind of comprehend. I was 15 at the time that, you know, my, my dad was kind of losing my dad. And so I, I lived with my mom for the later por portion, portion of my life from about 10. Then, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. Went, went, went to college. Cause again, I grew up, I'm, I'm now to the age where I can say like, you know, times were different back in my day. It was even <laughs> right. different. You know, the social media thing wasn't, people didn't start businesses. It was, you go to high school, you go to college, mm -hmm. you get a job. You know, my goal is to have like a briefcase with a corner window and a, and a, someone that I could be like, uh, you know, cancel my meetings, cancel my meetings. So that was like my goal. But yeah. I, I went to, went to college, went to Virginia Commonwealth university for, ended up getting my, my degree there and, um, yeah, in business administration management, which a lot of people are like, Oh, that, that makes sense. You went to business school. And I'm like, I don't remember anything from school. Mm -hmm. I just, I just learned enough in college to pass the class. And then as mm. soon as I passed the class, I was like, done, don't need that information ever right. again. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my world. Yeah. And that's what I was, <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier, you know, you, because you and I are, are around the same age and, and you're right. Like growing up, it was, you know, you follow this structure, you follow this plan, mm -hmm. you, you make your good grades, you grow up, you, you stay, you know, in line, you go to college for your four years, you get a job, you have a family, you retire. And, and that's, that's what what's, life what's is. Cra what's crazy is, is in our times, it was really, if, if you didn't go to college, people almost kind of looked at you as, I didn't even say like a loser or like no. someone who like mm -hmm. wasn't going to make it. Like yeah. um, I actually, I, the, the college I ended up applying to and getting into or eventually graduating from VCU, that was the only, it was my best friends who were a grade above me. That's the college they went to, which was only like 20 minutes away from my hometown. It was mm -hmm. downtown in Richmond. So it was a great school I wanted to go to. And that was the only school I applied to and I got denied from it because if you can tell in my YouTube videos, I just like to run my mouth and I got, I had like a, <laughs> no, I, no it became my greatest asset. But throughout high school, I was, I had like a two, two, seven, I think GPA, maybe even a little lower because I was getting C's in gym class and everything for just running my mouth. Like I was always, I never got into drugs, never got into fights or anything in school. Um, I was always just getting suspended or in school suspension for running my mouth, trying to be the class clown. And I, I, applied to VCU got denied from it. And I thought I was like, everyone's going to make fun of me because mm -hmm. I had to go to community mm -hmm. college. When you get older, you know, you realize how smart community college is, but when you're 
you're younger, it's like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so I had to go to community college, but it really worked out because the campus they had was one mile from the school downtown. So I still got to move downtown mm-hmm. um, into with my friends. So I had the exact same experience that anyone would have had in college. I just didn't have to go to a dorm and my college bills were a lot cheaper mm. and it was easier and it was easier for the, for the transitional period of going into the four year. So, right. yeah. 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 You're not saddled with debt, you know, when, but that when you, was, you know, then it was, you had to go to college or else you were looked at as like the weirdo, the yeah. outcast nowadays. Right. Yeah. Nowadays, it's almost, if you go to college, now you're like the outcast. Like, what do you mean you're going to college? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you realize the internet exists? <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I can remember my parents when I was a senior in high school, you know, talking about, you know, going to, to college and I remember they said, you know, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to go to college. And I remember thinking that is, wow. whoa, no, 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 no. Only losers don't yeah, go to college. Yeah. It's like, what will I do with my time if I don't right, do that? Yeah. Right. So yeah. that was, yeah. So you're right. So back then it was like, it, that was a weird thing to suggest that you wouldn't go to school. Now, to your point, it's, you, you're almost weird for going to school. Cool. But, yeah. Yeah. but I do want to dig back into you growing up because I think it's, well, anybody who owns or runs a business knows how difficult it is, let alone you're doing two of them at one time. Mm-hmm. Was there Trying. anything growing up that, that, indica- that you that indicated that this is something that you wanted to do one day? I mean, did you, did you, I, ch- did you have an entrepreneurial spirit as a kid? I, I guess I've, I never like look back. You, you watch a lot of, you know, Gary V videos or something. And they're, they're saying like, you know, when I was in school, I was selling bubble gum. I was doing mm-hmm. all those things. And I actually, it made me kind of go back into my, my memory and realize that I did do a lot of these things. I was really into skateboarding when I was a kid and I really wanted, I actually got into videography from skateboarding because we wanted these, it's called a Sony VX 1000. It was like the, the creme de la creme of skateboarding cameras. Um, it is what everyone had and I had to save a bunch of money. So what I started doing is I started looking around the house and selling things on eBay and, and, and I started, that was where I, I first started, like, I guess, arbitrage of just finding things that I didn't need anymore, mm-hmm. selling it for more money, learning that I used to buy. It was generally like girls, in my school, whatever back then, like when you cracked your phone or something, it wasn't so common to just go get a new screen or something. It was like this whole thing. If someone cracked their screen, they're like, I gotta go get a whole new phone. Oh, right. um, and I would buy their cracked phones for like 50 bucks. I'm like, what are you gonna do with it? I was like, I don't know. Just, just if you, if you, I'll buy it 50 bucks and then I would sell it on eBay for like 150 because people would buy these cracked ones, hmm. refurbish them. Then I got really into um, working. I'm, I'm still obsessed with Jeeps. So I, I love mm-hmm. the whole Jeep brand. It was my mm-hmm. first car. I, I got obsessed with building them up into these like off road monsters, rock crawling, um, just huge vehicles, which I, I, I still have one to this day. Um, and I just a diehard Jeep fan. And when I was younger, I, I, I got taught by my friends how to like weld and fabricate and bend metal with like two bender and, you know, fa- fabrication. Right. And when I started, as much as I document my life now, I actually documented my life on these Jeep forms. So every single thing that I did, I'll take a picture of it. And I had like a hundred page, wow. they were called build threads of everything you did. And at some point people were like, Hey, I really like these tube doors that you made for your Jeep. I really like this roof rack. Can you do that for me? And I was like, sure. And I would start building these things and selling them. And I wanted to create this business called Mad Max Off-Road Custom. And I even had like little logos made up. And then I just realized I only like making stuff for myself rather than mass producing (laughs) things. But I guess that was really the earliest phase of people like, like, Hey, if you do this thing, I'll give you money for it. And I was like, okay. And I just kind of did it on the side. And, but then it didn't, it didn't process to me as like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business because I wasn't the mindset. It was just Mm -hmm. I like making these things. I'll make it for other people and sure. charge them a fair amount of money. And I wasn't even making a lot, to be honest. So you made mention earlier that your father 
had yeah. an entrepreneurial spirit and he, he was uh, into real estate and all. What did, you, what did he teach you? I, and I, let me ask, let me go back here as well. Did your mother and father go through a separation at an, uh, when you were in an early age? Very early. I, okay. I think I was, I was still a baby. I, I don't even remember. I never remember ever my mom and my dad being together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I think maybe when I was like two, they split up. Um, but they kept a, a, a great relationship. And then my dad remarried and my mom just now is remarried. But um, yeah, I guess, it, you know, it's hard to remember it's hard to remember a lot of the, the, the kind of the life lessons that my dad taught me. I remember like mm-hmm. key points in there again, when he passed, when I was 15, it's like, I remember a lot of things in my childhood, but it's so hard to capture a lot of these memories that I had with my dad besides just take me to the skate park to, you know, teach me how to, you know, I was in the coffee shops, like tearing up the tiles with him. And I was, you know, helping, helping him do whatever I could to, to build these things. Um, but I, I guess I don't really have any, you know, knowledge that he instilled besides hard work and mm-hmm. being a good person. Um, that's the, the biggest thing that I, you know, kind of take away from him because he kind of radiated this positive personality and made people right. smile and was just like an honest man. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do um, in, in my life as much as I can. So, right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say if he, if he only passed on two things, those two pretty good things to pass on. Yeah, no, no, uh, absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned your older brother and an older sister. How close were you guys growing up? Uh, I am, I'm very close to both both my siblings, probably closer with my, my brother. We grew up together for the first like 10 years. But it's kind of a weird world I lived in. My brother and myself lived together my childhood, and my sister lived with my mom. And then just every, you know, once a month or twice a month, they would meet up and we'd like swap kids and stuff like that for like the yeah. weekend or something, mm-hmm. you know, shared custody kind of thing. Um, so I'd see my sister very, very frequently, like every month um, growing up or she'd come for like a week at a time or we, I'd go there's like this whole swap thing. And then, then I moved with my sister, but then my sister moved back with my, 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 my dad's household. I don't want to call it like a, it was a more, you're going to follow these rules. You're going to be very strict. Right. And my mom, I guess in the city is, it wasn't that she was like, let you do whatever you want, but I guess she wasn't as strict with, uh, discipline, mm. In a sense, I guess. You weren't taking um, ass whoopings at your mom's house. That's what you uh, want yeah. to say, right? I talked back to my dad. I'm getting the, the belt in the back of my butt, you know? Yeah. Um, and so my, my, my sister kind of went through a rebellious period, and they thought it was best that she moved with my dad. And then, and then it ended up just being me with my mom. And then my brother went to the military mm. for a long period of time. So, yeah, for it was like me and my brother were always together and then I was by myself. And then now we just now, – now we're grown up and we – try to see each other as much as we can yeah. during holidays mm-hmm. um i actually drove home 20 hours to virginia so i could take my golden doodle and then my entire family my brother who lives in california my sister lives in another part of virginia all got covid no one could no one could show up so i drove like oh, 20 geez. hours to you know hang out with my mom which i loved but <laughs> i was like i was like i'm gonna hold the whole family's gonna be there I'm bringing my dog <laughs> no, no one showed up <laughs> yeah maybe did you vlog at least did you vlog the trip to get some out of it videos okay good. That, that's good that's the, the silver lining to any situation any, any bad thing i go through i'm like oh this is gonna be a great title and thumbnail <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna get into that later because that's fascinating to me that the whole title thumbnail yeah. youtube creation but but growing up what what about sports because i think i believe your vlog started as a fitness channel Correct. It, it, I'm still very much in the fitness industry, but I, as as much as it blows a lot of people's minds, um, I do not personally watch 
any sports. I've never been into watching sports. I played like little peewee here and there. I never Mm. played football, um, but I I played, I tried out like soccer, tried out machine pitch baseball. um, And, but really what I, started doing that. I found I thought I was good. at was wrestling. I wrestled from mm. like sixth grade to ninth grade was varsity in ninth grade. But then I got a job when I was 15 and decided that I'd rather make money than try to pursue wrestling. But right. I was good at wrestling. I was in the featherweight. I was like ninth grade. I was 112 pounds. Sixth, sixth grade. I wrestled at 65 pounds. I was right. a twig. I've always said that. I know, yeah. but uh, yeah, I just, I never, it's weird. Actually, my brother as well. We just never got into sports, which is strange because, uh, my mom, by the way, Darren is, is huge Cowboys fan, biggest, mm. oh. biggest Cowboys fan in the world. I actually took her, her, uh, one of her dreams was I took her to the, um, the, uh, the Thanksgiving day game when they played the Redskins, like three or four years yeah. ago, Oh yeah, uh, we fl- flew out to Dallas and she had a blast and, and the Cowboys won. It was like a great thing. My stepdad's a huge Redskins fan. Yeah. So it, it worked out. Yeah. I, I'm but, trying um, to figure, I'm figuring out what happened now, you know, I, I don't know. Marriage, and, you know? And, and my, my dad, my, my dad was a huge Cowboys fan, loved watching like NASCAR and all this stuff, you know, typical like Virginia things, but I just never really got into it. I, I don't know. Mm. I sort of mm. loved skateboarding. I love like, I guess more e- extreme sports type of things, snowboarding, right. skateboarding. Um, but I just, I never, yeah. So it's, it's weird that I was so don't care about sports. And then for the longest period of time, I never cared about fitness at all. Mm. It, I didn't start working out until my sophomore year of college and I had to get convinced by my roommates to work out. Who, and then, who was the girl? Yeah, <laughs> what's crazy is, is, is it's funny you mention that because at, at first when I went into college in ninth grade, we all had this town home together, and all my roommates would work out, and I would just think they're dumb. I'm like, "What do you mean you work?" Out? I was like, "I already have a girlfriend." I was like, well, "Why? Why do I? Why do I need to work out?" And I just wanted to play Call of Duty and drink like regular Pepsi and eat sour straws like all day. That's all I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And, it's, and then they would go work out. I'd call them idiots for doing that. And then I remember sophomore year. My roommate came down and he's like, all right, sign this new lease is I was newly single. And he's like, Max, you're skinny and pathetic. He's like, I'm kind of fat. He's like, let's go to the, because the gym was like almost like, it's like 400 feet from our park or our our place. It was like a gold's gym and started working out. And it's, it's so funny because you know, you see these newbie gains and you think you're just a monster. Oh yeah. 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 I remember I put on this like tank top. I went to the Mexican restaurant with like my, my arms showing and I thought I was a, a actual monster <laughs> after like three months of working out. And my, my roommate, when we would try to, t- he was very knowledgeable about lifting um, cause he played a lot of football and uh, played a lot of football and, and, and weightlifting and stuff in high school. And I remember I would go like halfway down the bench. He would yell at me and I was like, what's the point? I don't care. I'm getting going. I, I don't need to go all the way down. <laughs> and it, it, I was the last person on this planet th- that that you would think would make his life revolve around fitness and start my journey with fitness. And it's it's it's, it's a wild. I, every time I ask him, he's like, Max, I he's like, I, I would have bet my entire life savings that like there's no way that fitness would have been your future ever. All right. We're going to take a quick break from the episode and recognize an opportunity that we all have. It, if you are having a hard week or you just need some R&R. Here's what you got to do is you got to drive up 75 north, cross the Red River to Durant, Oklahoma, to Choctaw Casino and Resort. It is the best getaway that you can get if you're in the Dallas area by far. And guess what? If you're listening from somewhere outside of DFW, say you're in South Texas or you're in another state, which we've got some listeners uh, in other states, fly into Dallas, drive up. It is worth every penny. You don't have to go to Vegas anymore to have a world-class experience at a world-class resort and casino. 
Yeah, we talk about the restaurants that are up there, those steakhouses. We talk about the concert venue. Uh, we, we had a conversation with Aaron Watson previously, and he talked about the, the intimacy. Every single seat in that concert venue is right on top. And there's not a bad seat in the house. There's not. And so these artists talk about it's one of the best places to play. And so go check, check out your, yourself a concert, the spa, the, the brand-new expansion. I mean, it's just such a good time. To your point, Tyler, if you need a break, things are getting crazy, times are tough, get up there, get up to Choctaw Casino Resort, have yourself a great time. We, we experience it. We love it. Uh, they're doing great things in the community. Can't say enough good things, and we're so grateful for their partnership. That's Choctaw Casino Resort. Go check them out. Now back to the episode. That's the wild thing is like, for whatever reason, you know, you, you, you got into the gym that day. Was it the draw? Was it those initial 100%. changes I mean, in it, your appearance that, that, that got you hooked? I, I feel like anyone with any sort of fitness doesn't have to be the bodybuilding, powerlifting, CrossFit, whatever. It's, it's when you start seeing changes in your mm. body, your physique, or, or how you feel, whether it be your energy, your confidence, it, it's, it's almost like, why would I ever go back to my old self? Why would I ever want to not have this type of rush that I get, whether you're chasing the pump or you're seeing yourself look a lot bigger, even though you're seeing, you know, the Hulk in the mirror, but you're still a twig, like (laughs) you're seeing these changes, your shirt starting to get a little tighter. Um, and it's just, I loved it. And it it really did change my life. And it was the getting, starting working out, even though I was late to the game was just the best thing that's, that's ever come you know, ever come into my life. And, yeah. and now it's on some sort of level of fitness. I obviously feel that everyone should do some sort of physical fitness um, because it's, it's amazing. Like once you start, you'll just never stop. Like, yeah. this, this isn't getting out of my life. Well, so let's get into that, right? So you're in school. Uh, you just discover weightlifting for the first time. What possessed you to think, all right, I'm going to stick a camera in my face <laughs> and I'm going to start, I'm going to mm-hmm. start documenting <laughs> this experience. Well, so, yeah, I guess I... I used to watch a lot of the people that I'm not only best friends with now or now kind of stopped making videos, but I used to watch a lot of, we call them like the OG fitness YouTubers back in the day, back in my day when, when, when social media really first started, right? Cause I got in, I got in at a good time. If I tried to get in now, I would not have luck to be honest. And I got in when there was, there was truly like a fitness community, right? So all these fitness YouTubers, we called them that everyone would upload videos. There was about 10 different people that made them. There wasn't a million of them. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who uploaded videos, everyone would watch each other's videos, comment on each other's videos. You, you, it was like this community. Every time someone uploaded, everyone would watch. And I started watching a lot of these people online and I became kind of fascinated by it. And then someone that I watched, his name is Nick Wright, who was from Rhode Island. He, he, he broke up with his girlfriend and he had a cousin who lived, who went to the school that I did. And he made a tweet and said, hey, for the summer, I'm moving down to Richmond, Virginia. Are there any gyms to train at? And I tweeted back at him and I said, hey, I go to, I go to VCU or I, I train at VCU gym and like we should work out together. Be cool. And, you know, back then it was really normal if someone, like a random person messaged you, they'd be like, okay, sure, I'll meet up with you and work out. <laughs> um, where now you kind of go, got to go through a vetting process to make sure people aren't <laughs> kind of like, you know, strange. But we met up and he was, and back then he had 30,000 YouTube subscribers, which at the time, I mean, it's, it's still impressive. It was yeah. mind blowing, yeah. mind blowing. And you weren't making money from it. Like he he was, he was sustaining himself, but he, he wasn't making any astronomical money at mm-hmm. all. And I, I started being on his videos because the thing that helped me or that took me that blew up, blew, blew me up on social at the time was not looking like I lift, but I could lift a lot of weight. 
and mm. my forte became my deadlift. And it was just, it was just a, a lift that I started increasing the, the amount of weight and like the strength on it, it just at a rapid pace when I started doing it. And because I started enjoying it, I just kept being obsessed with it. And when I started being in his videos and then people like really liked me in the videos and my friend was like, you should start a channel as well. And I was like, okay. So then you just, I just filmed, but then it was extremely strange for people to, now it's still strange. Maybe people are, are filming themselves. Right. Mm. But then it was, it was unheard of. And then it wasn't so much of the vlog your life type of thing. It was people wanted about five to seven minute videos strictly on fitness, whether it be what are my thoughts on creatine? I'd sit mm. down and talk about mm -hmm. creatine or it's, Hey, here's my shoulder workout a voiceover. Here's six minutes of footage in the gym. Here's my voiceover of what I did. And that's the whole video simpler times. Mm. And I used to go to parties and stuff in college and people would, you know, make fun of me because they're like, Oh, like Max, you filming yourself doing uh, like bicep curls in the gym. You like, I would show my, I'd, I'd do physique updates yeah. and they'd be like, you're, you're, you know, half naked in your bedroom when I'm just wearing shorts, you know, like flexing on camera and I'd get a lot of ridicule, but I guess I just really liked it because the first thing that I ever did was I made this video reviewing this, uh, it's called an Enzer belt. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's mm -hmm. like a, a lever, a lever belt, big in like the powerlifting world. And I remember when I, before I bought this belt, I watched a review video on it. And then when I got it, I was like, Hey, maybe people would like my review on it because I, the reason I bought it was because someone else's review. Maybe I have different thoughts on it. And that was the first video that I really made of me sitting down and just talking. It's still in my channel. It's like one of the first ones that I made. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. Before that I uploaded just like a PR on the mm -hmm. on the thing mm -hmm. on the on the on my YouTube, but it wasn't until that video that I started making consistent videos. You know, but, yeah, that, that that is really interesting. Listen, yeah. I'm listening to your story. You're you're in college, right? You're a sophomore in, in college at this time, or junior in college? No, I, I actually my my YouTube journey started right when I like right Roger? when I graduated. Yeah, like, right when I graduated, which is 2013. Which that means was when I, when I was when I truly started making videos. So you're 22, 23 years mm -hmm. old about that time, and you're dealing with the negativity. And all the fallout yeah. and people I'm that are trying to, of. yeah, making, making fun of you and whatnot. And you just don't give a damn. I, I, I didn't. And it's, again, it, it wasn't as accepted. And that was right when I graduated. So for the first three years of my social media journey, uh, I also worked a corporate job. That's what so, I was going to ask is yeah. what, what yeah. you did for, cause you said you didn't make any money early on. So what did you do for a no, living? It took, it took me, you know, nowadays people do the, the, the renegade on TikTok and then they start making millions <laughs> a month. Right. But when I started, it wasn't because I guess people, you didn't even comprehend that, that you could turn it into a full-time thing. No one started the content for the most part thinking that I'm going to blow up. I'm going to make right. all this money. Mm -hmm. it, it was, un, it was like, you heard of some people doing kind of well, you were just kind of like, if I can make some extra money, that's super cool. But you made content because you enjoyed making mm -hmm. content. Mm -hmm. You got this rush of the, the comments and the, you know, and, and, and growing your channel and stuff. But it, but for the first, like really two years I made, I'm talking maybe 300 bucks a month, like a hundred to 300 bucks a month. And you would get a static if you, landed a sponsorship that would just give you like, a, you know, $50 worth of free protein, you know, a month or right. something. And you, you'd have to blast their logo all over your channel and you were doing all this promotion for them for a tub of pre-workout or something. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just like life-changing. And yeah, so I, I worked as a technical recruiter, like it staffing for the first three years uh. while I was just still obsessed. And I was, I was, this is why whenever, whenever I hear anyone that says, I don't have time to make YouTube videos, I can't do YouTube videos. I always kind of laugh because I was 
making four videos a week, four videos a week while working my day job. So I was like working a nine to five, 40 hours a week and make up filming and uploading four YouTube videos every single week for years. And then in 2014, I started my clothing line. So I was doing all of that. Mm. And so now if anyone says that, I was like, I was like, if I can do it, you can do it like hundred yeah. percent because and, and now I, it's funny because now if you fast forward, I'm making one to two videos a week and I work for myself. So you'd think I'd have more time, but now I have even less time. And now the videos require more time than they did. <laughs> right. It's, it's like a whole balancing act. Man, that, 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 that is, this, your story is fascinating, yes. man. Because, and I just got to go back to it. I think we just ran over it just that quick. We just, you know, just washed right over what you said early. Cause I'm dealing with this right now. You know, Max, I have a 21 year old son. I have, you mm -hmm. know, a 27 year old boy and a, 23 year old daughter and we and what we when i'm when you're talking through this it sounds like conversation I, i've had with them like who gives a damn about what people feel about you or how, or how they think about you yeah because if you're passionate about something you go fucking do it like 100%. this is i mean you not, and knock it out the park on whatever it is and all the criticism and you and i have had this con ben and i have had this conversation in the past when you start getting criticism that means you're kind of making it. Yeah, yeah. it means you're doing something right. You're doing man. something 100%. right, man. So, man, I really appreciate you telling that story. Yeah, that's yeah and, and, I, and I had a lot of people even, again, there wasn't like a, an end goal. Like if there wasn't a, I want to be where I'm at now when I started making videos. Mm -hmm. It was just, I like making content. And I, I had a girlfriend at the time and she would always ask me, she's like, like what's the point of what you're doing? Like, not like a, in a negative way, but she's like, like, what is your goal? Like, what's, why are you doing all this? And I just said, I, I, I remember very specifically, I was like, I don't know what the end goal is, but I think that this is the path how I get there. Mm, and and yeah. I, I didn't have an answer for myself. So there wasn't like a clear cut path. And, you know, now I've been making videos for over eight years now consistently. Yeah. I think I've maybe missed one week of uploading. I've always uploaded anywhere from one to four videos a week, depending on what era of my life I've been in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still love it. It's very different than it was, but it's just a a journey man yeah. for sure yeah. and i want to ask you about something about the, the beginning but but i want people to recognize and understand if you listen to this and you're not really sure what this whole youtube because there are people listening to this that aren't super you know well they don't know the whole vlogging youtube world mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and energy and effort to make one video it does and you are making four every week for year after year after year i, I want yep. people to to understand how difficult mm. for how years, much time that takes yeah for years i uploaded four videos i would upload uh monday tuesday monday and tuesday in the morning thursday in the afternoon and then a sunday and every sunday would be a eventually it became this thing called full day of eating where i would just film what i ate the entire day <laughs> people loved that i made like a hundred of them now i can't now and those ones are kind of dead but then i went through a phase where i uploaded every other day and then i went through a phase was every third day and then now i'm kind of to the point where i just i try to guarantee i try to make sure i guarantee unless i don't um at least one video but i try to put out two i'm usually pretty good at putting out two but uh life's just kind of getting crazy but yeah i mean it's it's one of those things that youtube is a very difficult platform to mm -hmm. gain traction on especially now because you know it's just the more it's, it's saturated right mm -hmm. and the vlog everything every, every everything always People always say that, you know, my life's not interesting. I don't have anything to film. Why are people going to care? And, and, and again, that's where it comes into, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like vlogging because I wanted to be a vlogger. I was just documenting everything that I was yeah. doing. I was, you know, trying to come up and 
you know, it, it's it really it's it's about taking things that aren't interesting and making them as interesting as possible. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I think people think that everyone wants these really lavish lives and like I you know I don't do anything crazy, but people want relatability. If if I was to upload a video tomorrow that 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 said, you know, snowboarding down the Swiss Alps or, you know, heli skiing or something, right? That it would get such lower views than if I just made some video around my house. Like people would like it better because it, it with YouTube it's, it's kind of this game of you want to be relatable, but you don't want to be too relatable mm-hmm. and you, and you want to do, you know, extravagant things, but you don't want to do too extravagant because then you're not relatable. Mm-hmm. But if you're too relatable, then you're boring. So it's like, you're dancing this line <laughs> and, and that's why, but again, people, they, they, they start it and they find how difficult it is and they give up and they're like, Oh, it, it just never took off. And then I'm like, look at me. I, I've, I've uploaded over like 1100 YouTube videos. Like mm. Over a thousand videos, easily. Like I think it's like eleven hundred right now, and I've been doing it week over week over mm-hmm. week for years. Well, it's I'm a, still doing it. It's a mentality shift, right? Some the people who quit, I would I would argue, maybe they're going about it saying the end goal has to be this for it to be no, a success. A hundred percent, because right? now people people are chasing, people are seeing people had this overnight success, mm-hmm. and I see it all the time. I see, I I I know the generation of let's just say in the fitness world, I know the generation of fitness personalities, influencers, if you will, before my YouTube era kind of came in. And now being in this game for so long, now I see the next generation of the, the people like us and there it's like the TikTok fitness kind of world. And these people are, you know, one year in starting to make twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, I was making... 200 to 300 dollars a month for years <laughs> and now people are starting social or starting to do it because they want this level of fame and they mm-hmm. want this level of notoriety or money and and if it doesn't if they don't achieve it super fast then they're pissed right. and they're making content to make money mm-hmm. rather than doing it because i feel like they they, they love it mm-hmm. like i did it's just, it's just a different mentality you know you can't hate the game because now it's i, I wouldn't call it easier but it's just it's different. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but, but what I'm super fortunate about is that I've built such a loyal and supportive community over the years. There's people that have been riding with me since day one mm-hmm. who remember things from like my, we, we call it my trap house days where I lived with a whole bunch of roommates <laughs> in this really crappy apartment. And like, that was where I started making videos. And mm-hmm. I have people that like make references to that and who have just been watching me for years and years and years. And I've just built this community, um, which is amazing. Yeah. You know? And, and, and now to be honest, I don't really make content I don't make content to try to grow my audience. Really. Mm. I make content for people who already watch me. Mm, That's the easiest way I do it because I I, I talk to to the people in my YouTube videos. There's like a style of videos that are just anyone could watch it and then watch this video. My videos are, if you don't really kind of like normally watch me, you'll have no idea what's going on (laughs) because the, the things that I'm referencing, Oh, I'm talking about three videos ago. Oh, do you remember when I did this? Like last month, like I'm, everything is like referencing another point in my life that if you just stumbled onto my videos, you'd be like, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, right. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me ask you this. When you first started out, started out, how much planning went into what you were going to vlog? How much time did you sit down and say, okay. And, and you mentioned you started on what you did like a Monday, Tuesday, you did four days a week, right? Mm-hmm. Did well, you plan this out? 
it was just at the time I, I just I loved making content. It was all I wanted to do was film YouTube videos. And then it was you just got to film your workouts. So you would just film me in the gym. I'd, I'd, I'd set the camera up a whole bunch of times and then I'd talk over like, Hey, today we did, uh, we did, we did, sh- we did shoulders and I did five sets of, you know, of six. I tried to do the 70 pounds, but I could only go down to 65. Then I did a drop set. You literally walk through your workout mm-hmm. and it'd be like six minutes. And then you started dabbling of, Hey, I'm going to film a minute before I go in the gym. Here's me in my car talking about like me drinking my pre-workout and I'm just talking about what I'm going to work out. And then after, and then it started throwing in like after the gym, Hey, let me show you guys what I eat. Really the, mm-hmm. the whole, um, I, I started finding fascination with like the whole vlogging thing because I remember I was watching someone who made all fitness channels or fitness videos and he did a clip one time. This is a guy named Matt Ogus. And he, he was like, I don't know why people want to know this, but for some reason people really want to know like the shampoo I use. So here, like he went into his bathroom, he's like filming this. And I was like, Hey, I was like, Oh, I, I use a shampoo. And it was like, it was like relatable. It was like something I was oh. like, the normal life thing mm-hmm. was what uh, people wanted to see. Right. And I always think to it, I, th- I always think back to it now to answer your question about, I don't know if I still have the ability to just pick up my camera and vlog like I used to, like, mm-hmm. it's almost like it's left, left my, my, my wheelhouse of, of, of tricks where I could just pick it up and I would just film. Now everything is like thought out mm-hmm. and it's not really like scripted, but I just, I understand what I want to say. I understand right. the clip that I'm filming. I need to end it in a certain way because I know the next clip that I'm going to film. Okay. I'm going to be at the bank. So I need to make sure I get drone shots for the bank, but you know, I want this clip's going to go after, but I can, I can really film this bank scene. It doesn't have to be before the next thing I'm doing because there's no time understanding in the video. So I can actually film that later in my day, but put it as if I went there so mm-hmm. I can structure my video, how I want the video to flow. And I can do things. I do a lot of things out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, you know, the end of my video, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to fall on my bed and, and, and wrap the video up. And it's me, obviously after I showered, so I'm wearing different clothes in my head. I'm like, if I film a whole video on Tuesday, I can really film that. All right, guys, I'm going to bed thing on Wednesday night and it doesn't matter. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because no one needs to know that it's a different day because I just try to make these videos have like a structure to them, right. which might take away from the, the normalness, but I, I, I don't think I can just pick it up and first take every single thing. Right. It's, a, it's a weird dynamic. I've been doing it for so long. I'm like a robotic with it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing Like yeah. you, you, you're watching your, you know, your videos are, you know, 15 minutes long, whatever. You don't realize how much of this thought goes into it. It's oh, hundred percent. I mean, you know, a lot of times I, I, when you film, let's say like a, a, a bunch of portions of video, you, you start thinking when you're really in this YouTube mind, you're like, okay, how much more content do I need to finish this video? And you just have a ballpark of how much you filmed. You understand the content that it was. You're like, okay, I just showed my lunch. So I can't just straight go into more food because that's too much food in the video to go from lunch mm-hmm. to straight dinner. Um, and you start planning all this out and you start thinking of like, how much more content do I need for this video? And and then it, it and you and you might be like oh i just need to film four more minutes and that's the rest of the video but it's like no 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 i i can't have a four minute clip i need to have you know 12 10, 30 second clips because mm. i don't want people to be boring in one environment and i'm gonna if i talk about this i'm gonna talk about a portion of it in my house and then i want the next portion of it to be in the car and then it's me getting out of the car so it, it feel right. like it flows so you're not just watching like I watch a lot of people's YouTube videos and I analyze and I look at people who I, I can tell, I can tell when I watch someone on YouTube, if they 
have a thought conscious or if they, if they were conscious about how they were filming that video, mm. I can just tell if someone knows what yeah, they're doing. I mean, you're like a, you're like a director, like you're like a self made well, yeah, director. I can, I can t- when some people make videos and the whole video is like four clips and it's just me talking here, you're me talking here. And then two more spots. I'm like, there was no creativity in this whole video. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm like, you could have done this. You could have had breaks. I like to do B roll with the drone because it, it breaks up the flow of the video. And, and then you can mix in things and, and again, I don't, people get mad about clickbait titles and thumbnails, but whenever I, whenever they get mad, I, which is, you know, if you don't, if you don't understand, it's like misleading someone on the title or right. kind of, you know, exaggerating the truth. But when you've made a thousand videos about what you do every day, it's like you try to make a thousand different titles for your life. You know, it's, <laughs> it's hard. And, um, and it, you know, you just, a, a lot of my videos there are it's a million things crammed into one. That's why my channel isn't really like a you don't know what my videos are about because each video, I'm not going to s- review a camera for the entire video. I, if I want to talk like, I think tomorrow I'm actually filming a video about um, my thoughts about credit cards and people, my, my thoughts on debit cards versus credit cards, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to make the entire video and title it like my opinion on credit cards <laughs> and make the entire video about that. I'm going to vlog and then just certain points in my video, I'm going to, touch on my thoughts on it and then put it into creative ways that make sense and people can understand it better. But it's also going to sprinkle in things in the gym that have nothing to do with credit cards or my meals, but it'll just like, because I feel like I want everyone to click on my video and have no idea what they're going to get into, but they know that they're going to get a lot of just entertainment. And it's not because people who make specific title videos, if, if you see my thoughts on credit cards, if, if you don't care about credit cards, you're not going to click on that video. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I make it like, like my title will be, I don't know, my, my super secret to get rich or like every, <laughs> everyone has to do this, you know, right. it's, 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 yeah. it, I, I yeah. hate it. it if, there's one thing that every YouTuber can uh, relate to. It's, it's when you, you finish the video and you have to make the title and the thumbnail, it is the worst thing ever. Mm. If I can make my videos vlog number 1002 and just have a black screen i would love that <laughs> i would love it but i have to trick yeah the, my own people yeah. to click on the videos yeah that's uh, so fascinating the algorithm does not not want a black <laughs> screen with a volume 1200 I, yeah. I, 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 I really wish i could i really wish i could do that i, yeah. I do want to go back to you mentioned the first three years because i would say the most common dm that we get especially now and it's a common theme that you hear all over is Hey, I don't love my job today. I want to chase something else. I want to pursue something else. So I I want to know for you, those first three years, you weren't making much money. You were still in IT. When did you know that you had something that you could, that you could do full? Like what was the moment or, or maybe there wasn't just one moment, but so what led you into wanting to do this full time? My, my journey and my, 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 my career was, uh, it was quite interesting because the first job I got out of college as an IT recruiter, I actually, I'll try to make the story not super long, but I got fired from my first job because of YouTube. And I almost quit making videos okay. because I was like, why would I put my, my <laughs> career on the line for YouTube? Long story short is they found out that I made YouTube videos. I used to make all my videos used to be a lot more vulgar. I used mm-hmm. to just say it was F bombs every 10 seconds because that's just how I talked. Yeah. And 
they didn't like it and they basically found a way to fire me because something I did related to the work and they fired oh. me for it. Right. Did they give you uh, a warning? Did they give you a heads up? Hey man, we're watching yeah, your videos. Essentially I'll, I'll sum it up. Basically I remember how I mentioned I make these full day of eating videos. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would just film everything I eat. There was a clip that I filmed with my phone. I set it on my desk and keep in mind, I have no, it's just me and a button down a white wall behind me. You have no idea where I'm at. This is in the middle of a video about let's say six minutes into a video. And in this clip, I, I take a sip of a Diet Coke and I eat a gummy a gummy worm. It's like six seconds, okay? About two weeks later, I get called in because we found out that you're filming at work. And I'm like, uh, in my head, I'm like, this. I was like, this is a two-week-old video in the middle of a video for seven seconds. How would you find this? <laughs> and, te- and technically, now in my head, I'd be like, prove that was here. Like, you know, you like it's it's not. Like, you don't, there's nothing, There's it was a white wall. But they were like, you can't film at the office. It's going to against our procedures. You know, nowadays people can Instagram and Snapchat all over oh, the place, yeah. but, oh yeah. but they, they gave me this warning and I was like, okay, absolutely. I'll, I'll take the video down. I'll never film again in the video in the, in the office. I understand. And, and then they said, you know, just as a heads up, like you might want to clean up your, your language on there. You know, we'd hate for, you know, an opportunity to come up and someone looks you up and that's what they see. And that's what they perceive you as, is like this vulgar person. I was like, okay, I understand. And so I was, I started cleaning my language up. But then two weeks later, I got called in and fired because of an older video than that one. About a month ago, (laughs) I was talking about at my house, talking about uh, my thoughts about alcohol and the gym and if you can drink and lift. And in the middle of the video, keep in mind, I'm using a a literal potato to film this. This is like a camcorder. And absentmindedly, I grab like my my ID badge and I'm just like spinning it in my hand while I'm talking for like 30 seconds. And again, you have, you cannot t- make out what's on there. They fired me. I thought my life was over. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to be, I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and then like, luckily my mom is also in IT staffing. And about a week later, she knew someone had like right down the street, another staffing agency got it, but it was actually a, a pivotal point for me because it, um, it really made me change because I did go through a point. I was like, why would I keep making videos? I'm not making any money. This is just a dumb hobby. I need to focus on my future. Mm-hmm. And, but I was, I just love making videos, but it made me clean up my content. It made me realize that you can't just, I, I it basically made me clean up my content, mm-hmm. which is great. Like I stopped saying the F bomb on my videos really. Um, and I just went in a new direction and I just was very more conscious about what I filmed. And then flash forward, everything kept growing. And it, it was really about two years in that I considered leaving my job. But for a while, it's like you go through this mindset of like, you know, what if it fails, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever money I was making. I mean, keep in mind, I was making entry level, may, maybe $40,000 um, right. at my job. And I thought, well, if I quit, that I'm going to make 40000 less dollars a year. Yeah. And so I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And for an entire year, I tracked my income on a little notes pad in my phone. And I just tracked my monthly income between my clothing brand. That's what I started. And that's where the bulk of my money came from, or at least it was coming in. I didn't take any money out of that, but then I was just making enough. And for a whole year I tracked it. And I think I was making maybe by year two. No, I guess this was yeah. Like middle into year two with the clothing brand and everything, maybe like seven to $8,000 a month. And I, for a whole year, I I tracked that and I made sure that I could consistently make that. And then it wasn't until it was July of 2016 was when I finally 
was like, I think I can do this. Uh-huh. I think I can do it full time. Cause I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities to keep growing uh-huh. by traveling and, you know, collaborating. Yeah. Yeah. Now, could you see yourself going, living in that commercial, that, that, that world again, can you go back to that uh, corporate I, America world? I will never, I will never go back to that. And, and what's great is I'm, I'm actually very fortunate that I, I, I don't regret going to college. Um, I had, I think it changed who I was as a person. It's how I found fitness. It's, I was a great social learning experience for me. Um, and then the corporate thing really helped me with now that I've, it, it wasn't until recently that I've started getting a lot of employees. Um, I started with one about two years ago and she's, she's still with me and she's like my right hand on everything. And it wasn't until recent over the past year, I would say that I started, you know, now we have, like six full-time employees, probably 15 full-time like warehouse workers. Mm. I mean, we have a, I have a, a lot. And, and, and what, what I always think back to now is because I, keep in mind, like I have no idea getting into it. I didn't know how to be a leader. I didn't mm. know how to be a boss. Mm. Um, I didn't know how to like, I just wanted people to help me do what I'm doing. Right. Um, but I use my time with corporate to make sure that their experience working for me or working with me is never that experience of, I can't wait till I get out of this office today. I can't wait till I, you know, Mm. like I have to be here type of thing. I want to make sure that they are enjoying their time. Their schedules are flexible. We're getting work done. It's fun environment that you have a cool place to work. And I want you to be excited to come every day. Um, And I, I just, I always think back to everything that I disliked about management and the corporate world, I want to make sure I didn't have that experience with my employees. Yeah. I want to take another quick break. And speaking of breaks, I want to thank, thank our sponsor, Sleep Number, who gives you the best break <laughs> of every single day of your life, which is sleep. Mm. And what they're doing with their technology and their mattresses is second to none. They have taken the mattress game and put it on steroids. Yeah. They check your heart rate. Your, your circadian rhythm. They're doing all these different things to test you while you're sleeping to make sure that it's custom and that every single night is the most restorative, restful sleep that you're ever going to get. It's no accident that Sleep Number is the official sleep partner of the NFL. And because NFL athletes are at the top when it comes to recovery, when it comes to taking care of your body, and nothing is more important than sleep. We've talked about it on the show multiple times, making sure you take care of your sleep. And there's a reason that Dak Prescott sleeps on one every single mm-hmm. night. And there's a reason that his career has blossomed the way that it has. So make sure either you go online, sleepnumber.com, you go into a local store, they're going to walk you through it. They're, you're going to experience the entire process of understanding what your sleep score is or what your sleep number is. And then ultimately showing you how to achieve the highest sleep score uh, because that's what's important is yeah. how you actually sleep and how you recover so that you can tackle the day with everything that you have. Yeah, it's a VIP experience that we're all looking for. That's so right. That's sleepnumber.com. Like Tyler said, go get yourself to a local store and get yourself that VIP experience. Now back to the episode. Yeah, the weird thing is, is you, you know, you may, may or may not think about this, but those people are putting their trust in you, right? As, the, as their leader. That that they're, they're this is their livelihood, right? To work for you, and so the li- type of leader that you are has everything to do with how they live their life. Mm-hmm. And really. it's it's crazy because that's why when I when I say like, oh, today is a let's say you. A lot of times I just kind of film throughout my day, throughout the week, and I make a video together. But some days, like tomorrow, for example, I'm gonna kind of take most of my day to go film a video because it's very much a, a, a important thing in my kind of world, right? But I always feel weird because I know a lot of my employees probably watch my videos and. 
they like my boss is like isn't working at the office because he's run around like doing the dumb things that I do on camera of like whatever stupid content that I make. And I'm like, no, it's, it's just all part of the master plan that grows everything. Um, but no, it, it, it really is an, a wild feeling that people are putting their trust into me. And the, the girl that I mentioned that is like my right hand who has helped me build everything. Her name is Mona. And she actually, when I moved from Virginia, she was, extremely part-time with me. She, I was, she just kind of happened to be around the gym that I owned and she started helping me, uh, pack orders. She was just like, I was like, you want to help pack orders? I can pay you some money and help me pack clothing. And then when it was time to move, uh, I, I told her, I was like, if you want to move with me, like you can, but I was like, I, I can't offer you a lot of money because mm-hmm. the businesses weren't really taking off at the time. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't have, I didn't know if I didn't have enough work for her, but I, you know, but she was, she put her faith in me and she was open to moving and going to a new location. Wow. I think she was kind of used to just kind of right. you know, moving States and she moved with me. And when she started, she was making very little money, money with me. She could tell me she, I mean, she, she wasn't making a lot with me cause I couldn't, I couldn't justify paying someone an exorbitant amount of money. Cause I was like, I could just hire someone when I get to Texas. If you want to come, I'll give you a job, but I can't, I can only pay you X. Right. right. And she just moved here and I think she would agree that it's the best decision she ever made. She's uh, not only um, such an important person in in my life and in my business, she helps me around everything. She has become best friends with all the, the, our entire circle. She has a whole squad of people. And I was worried when she moved, I was like, what if she doesn't get along with like the, the core people that I knew down here mm. now she's, the guy that I moved down here to start businesses with his name is Christian and his girlfriend now her and his girlfriend and are like best friends and it just mm. like really worked out. So she, she loves it here, but that was a, like a, she moved across the country to take a risk of yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe this business takes off. And then it wasn't until, you know, a year, year or so being here that that's when I started the sour strips thing. And, you know, then it just continued to explode. And yeah. Talk to us about that. So you started ever forward. What year was ever forward late to the, I believe it was like August 2014. So okay. like, Eight, late 2014. So early on in, in your YouTube, what, what, why not just make YouTube videos and make money that way? Why did you start that brand? It, it was, to be honest, um, it was just a thing that you did as a fitness influencer. You mm. created like merch, mm. like, like t-shirts. And usually what people did is they would just put their name and then fitness, right? So it'd be like, let's just say max fitness or something. And you would just make these t-shirts and people would buy it because they wanted to support you. I made this thing again. I was very well known for my deadlift and people called me the deadlift bra. <laughs> and I made these t-shirts. That was a silhouette of me deadlifting. And it said deadlift bra on the shirt. <laughs> and I sold a bunch of them. Right. And then I got to a point where I was like, I kind of want to make a, like a clothing thing or shirts that really, that isn't a, a silhouette of me. So generally you kind of think up like, okay, let me think up uh, what the brand's called, a logo, you know, what does it mean? And I came across, or I came across, I decided on ever forward because ever forward is a phrase that start, it originated in like the military a long time ago, but it's a phrase that's just been in my family for a long time because it's what my dad kind of always instilled into us as children um, to kind of have that always moving forward, ever forward Mm -hmm. mindset. And a lot of my family members have it tattooed on them. And it's just, it's just a really powerful two words that uh, is a huge thing in my family. So I was like, okay, well, instead of trying to think up a brand, why don't I call it something that this, and I'd say, here's why it's called this. 
and here's what it means. You know, it's, it was a message that kind of like pays homage to my, my late father and people just really, really resonated with it. And it started as a couple t-shirts, like I I tried making like a hundred, like little, almost like Under Armour type of Mm -hmm. type of shirts. I was, I was like, instead of doing screen printed, I wanted to go overseas and have custom little hang tags and custom packaging. And I wanted to kind of step it up a little bit because a lot of people weren't doing that. They were just doing screen printed shirts. And I was like, how can I kind of step it up a little mm-hmm. bit? And then it started and it kind of flourished and it's been growing ever since. And um, it, it kind of had to take a little bit of a back. I don't want to say back. It, it, it did. It took a little backseat in my mind when sour strips started exploding because I could only do so much, yeah. and I kind of needed to put the brakes a little bit on the clothing so I could focus on this candy that I knew it just had tremendous success. And now we're getting back in the groove with our clothing and trying to figure out how I balance both these brands yeah. and it evolved so- from a gym T-shirt. And now we, I, I make things that I love like button-down button down shirts and dress belts and dress socks. And we're coming out with like stretch chinos. And it's more of like a, I wanted to wear something that guys, cause I realized in the fitness space, none of these guys know how to dress when they go out, out, out in the town. Like they're wearing <laughs> these like gym tees and yeah, all this stuff. Like and, shorts, yep. Yeah. You're talking yeah, to one over here. <laughs> and, and I, I was, I was from East coast and I had this kind of East coast. I don't I never, I never was in a frat, but there's kind of just East coast style where it's like, I would dress up, you know, in a button down tucked in with boots and stuff to go to work every day. And people thought it was like the most fashion forward thing in the world <laughs> on my YouTube. And I was like, no guys, this is just normal over in the East coast. Like this right. is what people wear. They wear polos and <laughs> wear button downs. So it just like, I was like, then I was able to make these things that I love that I could tweak some stuff about them and help, help, help all the guys not look like slobs when they go out. So and now again, we're we're balancing it with the candy, which has yeah. kind of consumed my world. Well, and that's what I'm sitting here wondering. I, I yeah. get it, you know, YouTube vlog because you enjoy fitness, and then ever forward because it, it kind of ties into the fitness, so the whole fitness thing. But then you decide, hey, I'm not busy enough. I'm going to start a candy. candy company. Yeah. Where the hell does candy come, come <laughs> yeah. into play? Yeah, that was my next question. How did that roll into the? There, there's a there's a there's a reason for it all. I uh, first of all, I've been a diehard candy fan my entire life like my mom my my dad would have told you i mean i was just the next next door to the to the coffee shop is a 7-eleven and i would always go get the huge like fun dip packets and i would eat that mm. and i was i just been obsessed with with sour candy and candy my entire life right so that's just always been something I've been obsessed with. I to this day, I mean, clearly. Yeah, you mentioned just, I, sour straws earlier in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I actually, someone, I, uh, I think I did a Q and A on my Instagram, and someone said like, how, "Why candy?" And I showed a picture that it was it was a giant like Tupperware thing that my mom put together for me moving down to college, and it was like ramen, Easy Mac, and then it was a twenty four pack of sour straws. Like that was in there. It was like it was, like, it was a staple in my my diet. Like yeah. I just loved candy still love candy. Um, and then I, I guess it was always like a, a cool thing maybe, but it wasn't until my, my buddy Christian, who's a a really just huge fitness icon, uh, Mm -hmm. in the, in the same YouTube space. And he's done amazing things for the whole fitness community. And he started an energy drink company called 3d and he just, cause he was just the guy he put like everyone on YouTube. He started going to, to the, gas stations and getting this you know there's like white monsters like the ultra mm-hmm. oh, yeah. monsters 
So super delicious, right? Well, he started just in his videos, he just started like drinking these things on his on his camera. And it it really does influence you because he was like, Oh, these things are so good. It's the next time you're at the store, you're like, I watch this guy on YouTube. I want to try this, see if it's good. Oh, it's really good. And he kind of became the he loves energy drinks guy, mm-hmm. like, right? So then he started this energy drink company because he knew what he liked, whether it be the carbonation, you know, the, the design, whatever. And that really was the the motivation for me. And I was like, well, if he can do that, like I think I can do something. And I was like, I, I think I could start a candy company. And I went down this journey. And at first, I, I, I'm, I'm doing some real estate and investing with a couple of these, these guys, my business partners, right? And when I originally wanted to start the candy brand, I, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just make t-shirts and make YouTube videos. Why don't I get some business partners and you guys do all the, the business side of things, whether it be the manufacturing, you retail, whatever, and I'll just be the face of the brand. You guys can be like the sound investors. We'll all split it, you know, into threes. And we tried for like six months and we just never got traction. It was just difficult to find a manufacturer, a good one. And we just, it never took off. Right. So then right when I moved, that was right before I moved from Virginia to Texas, which is about three years ago. And then about six months went by and I kind of just closeted the whole idea. I was like, I just, it can't, you know, this is the reason why people don't come out with brands or candy because it's just hard. Right. Yeah. So then one day I was in my office really late and I was like, I, was like, I, I think I can do this. I think I can, I can figure this out. And I just kept researching, calling a whole bunch of different manufacturers I would find on Google of like, you know, do you make candy? Do you make candy? Can you make this candy? And, and then I finally landed with a good manufacturer. So I was like, okay, I, I figured out how to get candy. And then it was, and then it just, it just started unfolding because I started thinking of sour strips. I, I randomly thought of the name because I was like, okay, what am I going to, it wasn't until I found the manufacturer that then I decided oh crap, what should I call it? Right. Mm -hmm. And because everyone had, you know, there's like trolley and all these different things. And I was like, okay, do you need a parent company? And then sour strips just kind of popped in because I originally was going to make a candy called strips. It was just gonna be strips with like a Z or something. And I was going to call it like, you know, sour strips with a Z because it was like, but sour was just like what it it was a sour candy, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't the the name of the brand. Um, And then I, randomly thought of the sour strips. I was like, wow, that's super simple. That's super like rolls off the tongue kind of thing. Easy to remember. And then I was in my office and I went on my phone and I looked on Instagram and no one had sour strips, the handle. And then I went to GoDaddy and then I went and no one had sourstrips.com. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is the name, like this mm-hmm. is the name. And, and what's what I, my goal with the name was, was something that people could remember super easily. And sour strips is a, is a generic it's a generic term, right? They're literally sour strips. And, but what I wanted to do was my analogy is always like, if, if one of you were told your friend to pick you up some frosted flakes from the store, right. And they brought back, let's say the store brand or something, you'd be like, no, no, no. Like I said, frosted flakes, but those ones are also called frosted flakes, right? Mm -hmm. Just a store brand because they're literally frosted flakes. The Kellogg's has created this brand that people know frosted flakes is this just Mm. because they're just frosted flakes. So I was like, what if you took this generic name and made and made it like the the brand, like Sour Strips is what the candy is, yes. but it's also the brand. Right. Like, that's the brand. And then I, me and my roommate decided to like make some packaging and he was like, hey, you should put like little angry fruit characters on there. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so we went through a whole design process with websites to try to find little angry fruit characters. And the the way we designed the bag was, I like to think that, I'm an expert on sour candy. I've had every sour candy 
on the planet. I've, I've just have had it. I, I know what the brands look like. Every time I go in the store, I know what all the brands look like. So I wanted to create something that would stand out to me as someone who's obsessed with it, because I knew that if I could, if I could make something that I would like as a candy connoisseur, then everyone else would also enjoy it as well. <laughs> yeah. I think it just speaks to, you know, what we talk about on this show and what we talked about with past guests is just, you may not have all the answers. You probably don't have any answers, but you're, oh, hell no. you, but you're passionate about something and you just go, you just take the first step and you just go. Just you head really, in that you direction. really do. And, and I think, I think everyone like thinks, and again, I, I originally almost had two other business, but I own a hundred percent of sour strips mm-hmm. now. But when I started, I, I, thought that I couldn't do a lot of things that I didn't even, I didn't even know what I couldn't do yet. I was just like, there's no way I can do this. Absolutely not. And it's, you just learn. And then, you know, we all start, we started online. And then when you go into retail, it's this whole other (laughs) ball game of, you know, creating vendor accounts and inputting in their systems. And I just learned it. I just learned how to do it. And I'm really would have been a lot easier if I had someone who's like, here's exactly how I do this. Here's exactly how you do this. Yes. (sighs) And I had a lot of people who were also in the space who are business partners and some other consumer packaged goods who were saying that, you know, oh, you get it made for this, that there's no way that's going to work when, because you need to get it at this price because distributors aren't going to buy it at that. And when you go into retail, like he, it almost like, I wouldn't say he's scare tacticing me. He was just saying like all these things that were like, there's no way that it's going to work the way that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. And because again, you're, you're, you're creating a candy brand. That's a premium price, right? It, it's priced right. higher than every other candy that it's, it's next to. And a lot of people were like, there's no way that's going to work. Like candy needs to be a dollar, a dollar 50. And my, my mindset behind this was if, if someone who really likes sour candy finds this and realizes how good this is, I think, because I would do it, I would pay an extra dollar to have a better candy, even though mm. it's more expensive. Yeah. And I was like, and because I, I couldn't compete on price, you know, how are you going to compete with these billion dollar yeah. conglomerates on price that right. you can't? Yeah. So that was never the goal. And it, it's just been a, it's yeah, been a wild ride. You're going to underprice yourself out of business. Yeah. It, <laughs> no, yeah. you, you will. Yeah. And if, if I had done that, we, we wouldn't have been able to grow at the, the level that we're at, yeah. especially now that we're in retail and retail is just sucks cash out of you so much yeah we and then you throw the whole wrinkle which we won't get into but the whole wrinkle of you know inflation and supply chain issues and i'm sure you're just oh all my costs swimming yeah through the roof yeah Yeah. through the roof man i love your story i mean i think this is this is although most of us probably aren't going to start vlogging or start a candy company there's so many takeaways from from your journey and from your story that i think anybody listening to this can apply to whatever it is they're doing and I I like to, I like to, whenever people look at the candy thing and they always, they always say, if you, let's say the candy or the clothing, they say like, you know, do you think would it had this much success if you didn't have the following? And the answer is no. Like I wouldn't have been able to springboard it as much as I did, but I was like, I've put in the work over the years to get me to the point that I've had this. And what I like to show people is that if you really go back on my channel or if you've been watching me, you see the natural progression in my life. It wasn't, I picked up the camera and I, I already owned this house and I already had this candy brand or, or, you know, you know, have a nice office. It's, it's, you saw me swatting fruit flies in my crappy apartment 
mm-hmm. like while making videos. Then you saw me move in for the first time into my own one bedroom apartment. Then you saw me sell my crappy car that I was fixing the air conditioning in on a video. Finally, I got a, a, a nice new, a newer Grand Cherokee, like a, a, a used one. Like you see this progression. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like overnight. I had this success. Yeah, I've, I've I've been working my ass off for for eight years, and I think a lot of people look at you know something like this, like oh, he can make this money or do this because he has all these followers. I was like, yeah. and I was like, no, I'm I'm able to do this now because I put yes. in eight years of work. Yeah, you know, and that, yeah. that's now the point. Have, that yeah. is the key. That's right. the key right yeah. there because yes, you're exactly right. If somebody just stumbles across you today, they never heard of you before. They see this big mm-hmm. following. They see these massive successful companies. But to your point, nobody is an overnight success. There was mm-hmm. groundwork laid. Even Darren. Darren mm-hmm. was handed a big contract at 21 years old, you know, getting drafted in the NFL. Yeah. But he'd been running sprints since he was seven years old. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yes, it looks like an overnight success. It looks like Max, oh, he can, whatever he does, it turns into gold. But it's because you were grinding and made four videos a week since 2011, 2012. Yeah. yeah. And That's I love right. the fact what you said earlier, man, the fact that, you know, you, you were – putting out building content for those that are already following your own community. I mean, your mm-hmm. own group that that old ecosystem that you had, you were making product for them that you were, you know, busting your ass, mm. getting up early, doing all the things you needed to do to put that product out. And now it's just, it's, you know, the fruits of your labor, man. And I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud for you to, you I, know, I, that, you know, that's, it's a great story. Yeah. It's a great story. It's still super interesting now that, especially that you have employees, because ideally you, you you hire people to delegate tasks so you can either focus on bigger things mm-hmm. or that so you, you know it frees up your time. Like I'm paying to get my time back, so I don't have to do all these things. <laughs> yeah. And and it, and it's quite interesting um, to just I, now I'm able to relax a little bit more. I mean I'm still very full gas on everything mm-hmm. that I'm doing, but I have the ability to kind of chill because I know certain areas of the business are being taken care of by people that I trust. Right. And that hiring people was like the biggest scare <laughs> for me because you know, you just yeah. you're afraid to give up these these portions of your business. Yeah. And um it, it's just been a wild ride. And I think anyone who looks at my journey, just understand how much, how much I've put into it and just know that I didn't start. I never started making content to be like, to be able to get a whole bunch of followers to do all this. Um, because you can see it. If I did, I, I truly feel that I could, I could quit YouTube today. And I, especially with sour strips, I could continue that success on mm-hmm. and not have to make videos anymore. But I feel like almost, a like a duty to people that I've that has been with me for so long. I'm like, like our, our story's not over. Like we mm. st- are, we, we've, we've achieved a lot of things in our life. And I think that there's still a lot more that I can show people in my journey to have like what you can do if you continue on this path of yep. just believing yourself. And yeah. it, it's, it's really cool. Well, yeah, now you're hitting people with, with the journey of, of growing and, and making a successful business, right? Maybe it's not as, yeah. it's still fitness, right? You're still doing those things. But there's a market out there for people who are just interested in, in people that are taking a chance and being an entrepreneur. And I think you can really, you know, show what that process, show the behind the scenes of what that looks yeah. like. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people, you'll get comments that'll say, "Wow, your content is so bad now," or like you've changed a lot. It's like, well, yeah, I back in the day, yeah. the only thing I had to focus about was how much weight I can lift in the gym and film it. <laughs> like that's all I had to think about. Now my videos maybe one you know, 10% of my video is, has fitness in it. And a lot of people, you'll see some comments that are like, wow, all these videos now are just 
promoting his own brands or growing it. I was like, no, it's just, this is what like I'm vlogging my life. And now my life is building these businesses. And you know, if anything, I'm like, clearly, if you look at my views, people I think are enjoying this just as much, if not more than anything I've ever created because there's, it's still very consistent. And I think, I think you can document your journey of building businesses without just like, I'm not, I don't talk about my distribution struggles to try to get you to buy more candy. I'm telling you so that when you become a business, like I'm, I'm telling you all the struggles that I've gone yeah. with. People saw me when I was looking at warehouses, how big of a warehouse do I get? Here's the costs of the warehouse. Here's, here's how much, you know, this cost and this cost. And um, I try to be very transparent with costs on things and how much money um, it takes to start a business, run a business. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, or, or the fact you can't or, please everyone. Or, or the fact that, you know, you hit the snooze button like four or five times in the morning, that kind of shit, you know what I'm talking like real shit. It, it's a whole topic because, you know, I have, I have friends that are very like grind 24 seven. Like my friend Christian, and I talk about is one of just the most motivational people I've ever met in my entire life. He's truly a, the things that he's built is he's, and I've seen it. He has gone days without sleeping and is work gets getting up at three in the morning to go to the office to work. I mean, he's, he's like a machine, like a machine, but on another aspect is I don't really want that life. Like I don't mm. want that life. And there's certain times, you know, that, like tonight, like I may for an hour or two, I'll probably stream. So I, it feels like working to me, but I'll, you know, if, whether I play a video game or something, and there's always that, that mindset of like, could you be doing something to better your business instead mm. of watching a Netflix show or something? But I think it's like, what's the point if you can't enjoy your, your time That's and right. I enjoy relaxing and, you know, on Sundays, I truly take like the day off. Like I just, I am a waste of space on the couch and like, could I be at the office planning out the next year. Yeah. But I, I'm fine with the life that I decided the pace that I'm going at. And I don't, I, I don't think it's, it's an enjoyable ride for me if I was just literally every second of every day, all I cared about is work and nothing else because you know, yeah. Well, that's the point. Like what are we doing it for? Right. And that, and that ties into what we were talking about earlier. You've taken the box, you've punted that box and you've created and you've charted your own path. And that's just what this, it doesn't matter how you get there. We all have our own method. We all have our own strategies and way we go about it. And you've done that. And it's been, man, that's been a fun story. So people can find you on YouTube. We talked about your YouTube quite a bit. It's uh, max tuning. That's double X max. Yeah. Tuning. I have the same handles on everything. Everything, yeah. Except YouTube. for Twitch, which I feel like someone stole from me. But <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, sour strips. Actually, this these were very hard to find. Actually, we we went oh, to really? a couple different targets. That that's how popular they are. They, they keep getting sold out everywhere. So they it's a, it's a it's a blessing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I'm I'm sure it creates some headaches as well. So yeah. that's sour strips, and then ever forward as well the, the fashion line. So go check out Max. Max, thank you so much for your time, man. We had a lot of fun and really appreciate your story. Absolutely. I hope you guys didn't uh, mind all my ramblings when no, I was talking about stuff. You were awesome, Max. No, we appreciate you, man. Thanks again, well, bro. Awesome. Until next time, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Appreciate you.